Welcome to Breakthrough with Brig, the podcast that teaches high-achieving Black women how to use thought work to break through barriers, get out of their own way, and become their best self in the most loving and sustainable way. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. It's Brig again. How y'all doing? I love saying how y'all doing. But today, (laughs) I have a guest. It's spotlight time. And today I'm talking to the lovely Mars Lord. Our time together has been filled with all kinds of shit. And I can't wait for you guys to just be a fly on a wall as we talk all things coaching all things across the pond, as she says, <laughs> <laughs> and how she actually uses her coaching and infuses it and how it makes her a better coach. So mm. Mars, hi. hi, introduce yourself. Tell them all about you. So I'm Mars Lord, like the planet, because I'm not very sweet. We have the chocolate Mars over here. So I like to remind people that I'm more like the planet. I am a coach, a birth activist, and a doula educator, and I'm the leading voice about Black maternal mortality and health in the UK. In fact, in many spaces, it goes beyond the UK now. We don't coach a lot on that, but that's such an important role. Like, I love mm-hmm. that I get to support you in that space as a leader in that space, I know how like coaching helps you as being a coach, but I am always thinking about our black female leaders who are in leadership. Like you've spoken to parliament, right? I'm on the record. You'll find me in the history books. That little chapter somewhere there that talks about black maternal health. And there's my name. Right. Because I, I love considering myself the force behind the forces. Like I'm the, always the person that I imagine is at the back of the room when my client is doing the big shit up on the stage and I'm just in the back of the room just beaming because I know that the work, the internal work she did so that Mm. she can just shine and do her thing. Yeah. And the importance of you as a leader, like the voice for Black and brown-bodied women for maternal (laughs) health, What does having your own coach, like what's the impact of that? You having a container, a safe space where you can just be that? Because that leadership, like you're writing a book, you write essays. Tell Mm. me about that. What having a coach does for me with that is the work I'm sure most people will guess isn't easy work. It's really heavy work. And I know that- Tell me why, why it's heavy. Because most people may not even understand like, Why is that heavy work? It's heavy work because you're constantly looking at black maternal mortality rates in comparison to white bodied people's mortality rates. It's heavy because it's a lot of emotional work, educating people on anti-racism and how to address their anti-blackness. It's heavy because the stories that come in on a regular basis from the people giving birth through the healthcare professionals who are working with them, 
whatever color their body is. It's holding space for those people as they share their stories. But it's also about the times when I have to call people out and call people in. Yes. And so having a coach or having you coach me means that when things like imposter syndrome tries to appear or people pleasing or I'm sorry, Americans, fucking awful stuff just lands and I want to just be done with them all. What you do with your coaching is you help me balance my mind. And so I'm ready to go out all guns blazing. (laughs) And then you just say, okay, stop, hold on, wait. And then I examine the space that I'm in. And because I examine the space that I'm in, it doesn't mean my anger about some of these things isn't still there because I think it's impossible to do this work and not be angry. Yeah. But it does mean that the anger is used in a far more productive way. And mm-hmm. actually in the pausing and the looking at my mind, what I do is say, oh, hold on. This is where reactive anger is going to do no good. Right. But responsive anger mm-hmm. is where I want to be. And you always remind me, the difference between reaction and response without saying, so Miles, let's talk about your reaction here. <laughs> and, <laughs> and as I start to wander quickly past something, it's like you hoik me back and hold me in a space and say, you're not done with this bit yet. Let's just sit you here and let's deal with this bit. And I think what's useful for me is when it shows up in other areas of my life, And I'm ready to say, oh, crap, here it comes again. You say, that's okay. Let's let's talk to your inner cutie. What's going on right now? Right. Yeah. And so it helps me carry that load because it's like, okay, here are things that I can do. And sometimes here are things I can put down. Mm. Even if I'm picking them up again, I can put that down. Let's just deal with who and where I am. And that means that my own health isn't impacted in the same way because I know that holding things like that really can cause you internal health issues for yourself as the stress levels build. And as black women, we've already got high levels of stress that we live with as our baseline. So, yeah, so that's where it really supports me in that work. Right. Yeah. I can't imagine a better calling for you. Like I really can't. And I just love supporting you because I know when you say things it's not readily received so being able to deal with that like that stress of people have words that are different from yours or their solutions aren't really solutions or how do you manage that and how does coaching help you with that it keeps me focused on the end game though the pessimist in me let's we'll just let you know that the end game is much further away than we think it is. But mm. it just keeps me focused in on what I'm doing. And it allows me to know that that my own happiness and peace and health isn't predicated on what happens in that space. Yes. So it's a bit like having the general and the army. And I don't want to use it. Yeah, I'm going to use a war one because Mars God of War. And, you know, the general sits the soldiers down and says, "Okay, let's look at this strategy. Let's look at this plan. This needs to be deployed here. This needs to be deployed there. 
Whereas me, the foot soldier's like, just point me at it, point me at it. <laughs> just get going. Just right? get going. Yeah. 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 So that's what happens. And because of the way you coach me and because of the way you're constantly reminding me of my own personal self-coaching, I might be in the middle of a scattergun approach and suddenly I hear, okay, Briggs talking in my ear now, reminding me that this is a moment to just pause yeah, and think yeah. about what I'm making this thing mean. And I, <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating, but it's probably saved a few lives. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I remember coming up with, I was coaching another trailblazer that is a former client. And I remember she and I coaching and we were talking about the impact of all of that stress and how we just push ourselves and push ourselves, which is what you're talking about, like the self-care yeah. of it, like the mental stress of it, mm. because we're driven by our mission. And I remember coming up with the phrase, we don't have to be a martyr to our mission. Mm. Right? That's such a, a freeing thought. And I know it's one that sort of holds me in good stead as I go forward, because I'll work with other people and I'll watch them sort of literally throwing themselves against brick walls continually. Right. Yeah. And it's like nothing changes if you throw yourself against a brick wall. So what do I do now? Is there a way to scale this wall, go around this wall, or is this a wall that's just going to stand and I'm going to go take the work where it can be received so that that wall becomes irrelevant? Yeah. Right. Without all the internal angst. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you can attest that I come to coaching sessions sometimes with like total angst. Actually, that reminds me of one session that we had when I was just exhausted. And I said to you, do you know what, coach? I just need to sleep today. And so we didn't have a session. And that was probably one of my favorite sessions. Not because we didn't, <laughs> you didn't hold me to myself, but it was the fact that I know as black women, we don't rest. We don't stop. Mm -hmm. And what you said to me was, you know, okay, you go rest. And it's my mind just went, what? <laughs> and, and then I did. And for strange reasons, that was one of my favorite coaching sessions because it was a session that gave me and my brain permission to stop. Yes. Right. I think at the background, I'm always asking my clients, what do you need? Like asking yourself, what do you need? Mm. And listening to that and attuning yourself to what it is, what do you need? So I think in that moment, you were like, I need rest. I was like, then go get rest, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's not something I think that, that we black-bodied women are good at. Right. Even those of us that think, yeah, I'm really good at doing this. I'm out to dinner with this friend. I'm off doing it because we're always, what was one of the first things that you said to me in one of our very first sessions? You said, black women, we've got to stop living on the A line. We've got to spend some time on the F line. Right. Yes. 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 And um, there were, there were a few Meaning, like for those that don't know what we're talking about, the A line is like living on doing all the doings, all the actions right? Yeah. Doing yeah. all the things. Even the way we do self-care is doing all the things. Like when we talk about self-care, we think it's doing all the things. Like I went and got a massage. I went and got, like I went on vacation. I'm doing all the things Yeah. as opposed to F line, which is feeling, which is I'm just being in 
my greatness. Like I'm being, I'm feeling, I'm listening, I'm slowing down. I'm in that F line, that feeling line, that emotion. When that message landed, like when it really landed, it's like, yeah, okay, I hear you, but yeah, okay, I hear you. And then I think we had several sessions where basically I just balled into a roll of toilet paper. Yeah. (laughs) And I was so scared of that for myself to just allow the tears to come and allow the sadness to come. And I remember you asked me, why? What's going to happen? And I said, I'll be here forever. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And yet here I am months later knowing that I can sit and cry because there are things that I need to cry about. And I can let my menopausal hormones rise and the tears come and just be still knowing that actually I'm safe in it because this is something that you talk about the feeling the feels living in the feelings and you said and I say it to people all the time being human beings not human doings yeah and that sort of revolutionized so much in my life when we make that switch as black women, I think that is the revolution. Yeah. yeah. It's a mental shift. Like I get to fuck up like everybody else. I get to feel shit like everybody else. I get to be imperfectly perfect like everybody else. I don't have to do and outdo and out earn and out secure or out be safe anybody. Mm-hmm. I just get to fucking be a human being flaws and all. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, it really was just like a a door had opened, the cage just fell away. It was like, oh, it's okay to feel like this. I'm not going to die in this space feeling these feelings, but I can feel these feelings. And then I can stand up and keep walking or sit down and just be if I need to. Yeah. It's it's funny because I have cried more with you than I've cried with anyone ever in my entire life. (laughs) And I would come away from some sessions going, she made me cry again. (laughs) I don't make you do anything. (laughs) And it's like, it's like you open this floodgate and I'm reasonably convinced that now I just cry when I see you because my body's like, oh, it's time to cry, right? It's time to cry. (laughs) But that to me means that we've co-created this incredible container of safety where for the first time, like you allow yourself to feel and it feels safe to feel an emotion. Why do you think that's important? Well, I mean, it's important because I'm a human being and I'm not a a rock. And it, it does all keep just feeding back into my physical health as well as mental health and I think of myself as someone who has pretty good mental health but my physical health when we coach I feel my heart expand rather than constrict I feel my body open and it's like ah and then as I take those things forward and I do the self-coaching I feel my heart open and my body expand and it's like okay and it's important because it helps me live my life fully Right. And it live my life fully on my terms so that I walk through this world in this white Western society that doesn't want me in it. I walk through it owning shit. Right. It's almost like the idea of taking up space 
Mm-hmm. I love that idea for us to take up space as black bodied women, as you like to call us. I love <laughs> that. But the first place we have to take up space is within our own physical, emotional, spiritual bodies, right? Yeah. And to take up space means to allow our emotions to take up space too. And it gives us the freedom like to take up space in this world. But the first place we have to take up space is in allowing us to show up fully in our own bodies. Mm. I remember one of the Coaches of Colour Collective calls where I think it was Jennifer, but it may have been someone else said that the most enduring relationship we have is the one we have with ourselves. Yeah. And when I'm not feeling the compassion for myself or I'm getting judgmental on myself, it's like, whoa, is this how you would treat somebody else in a relationship? Yeah. Because this is a relationship you're having with yourself and it's the most enduring one. So don't fuck this one up, you know. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, just in that little bit of a reminder, right? And for yeah. those of you who don't know, the Coaches of Color Collective is a Facebook group that we have for coaches of color that they can come together and bond, grow, nurture one another. It's where we take our coach's hat off and just be human beings. It's a place for us to like feel safe and discuss, not to show up as coaches, but to show up as human beings so we can get our tanks filled so that we can go out there and change the world. That's a wonderful space, even though you will spell color wrong. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) So like, let's talk about that because... I don't know how you found me, but like, I always like to talk about the before and after because you're getting ready to do a third round, right? I am. Yeah. I told you, I think I've I've pretty much decided that, you know, until you boot me out, you're my coach. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I had that about my coach and my coach literally booted me out. And I still to this day call her and go, are you taking any chance? Like I literally knock on a door sometimes and like any chance, like <laughs> yeah, coaching. But I finally got another coach and I'm starting to like, okay, yeah, all right, I'm okay. But it took me a while. Like that coaching relationship, I love it. Like you find two people who get one another and like, mm. I am not afraid to risk the relationship. That's one of the things you told me, which is like, yep. I never let you off the hook because I yeah. have your absolute best interest in heart, even if it means you may think a certain way about me, I'm willing to risk. Never, not most sessions. (laughs) I know, right? I'm willing to risk the relationship. Yeah. Because like, I'm going to call you out on your shit. Yeah. Also, I think I do it in a compassionate way. You you do. I think you do. And I'm so going to tell the story that still makes me laugh. Uh (laughs) I don't know if I want this story, but we'll see. (laughs) I was there just sort of talking away. And then I didn't realize that your dog had made a sound and you told the dog to stop. And I was so in tune to you that I immediately sat straight and went, yep, uh (laughs) uh-huh. And of course, when you say stop, to me, it's in a completely different tone, but I was mm-hmm. I feel so safe and in tune with you when we're coaching that as soon as you said stop, I was like, damn, my brain needs to break some more, okay? I'm not thinking deeply enough about this. <laughs> and I think that will probably make me laugh for many years. Right? Yeah. Because here's the deal. Like, I know our brains are so fast that 
I'm always like telling my clients and advising my clients, like, slow down, stop, wait. Because they'll say something and they're just like reporting it as if the news. And I'm like, what did she just say? So I'm like, Mm-mm, stop, slow down. Yeah. You're not reporting the news. This is an optional thought. And to show you that's an optional thought. Yeah. And I mean, that's what I love about our coaching relationship. And you asked about the before I sort of officially mm-hmm. became a coach myself. I don't know, just over a year ago, mm-hmm. probably about 18 months ago when I mm-hmm. made the decision. And I was talking to my good friend and coach friend, Maisie, mm-hmm. and she said, oh my goodness, you should be a coach. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll be a coach. And then I just started honing in on coaches and I was looking to see what the black-bodied women were doing and what Mm -hmm. they were saying in the space. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't find you the way most people seem to find you, which is through the coaching school, the life coach school that I certified with, but I, Mm -hmm. I found you somewhere else and I can't remember what it was. Oh, I think, in fact, Maisie probably just mentioned your name and I went onto your website and I was like, unfuckwittable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the kind of coach I need. That's the kind of coach I need because I'm Mars, God of War, passionate mm-hmm. planet. I need someone that's going to get the unfuckwittable. Mm-hmm. And also it helps that you remind me of a member of my family in Look. And it was really important to me that you were a black woman. So when I found just okay, Let's see if I can see where this woman speaks. And I think I went on one of your mini mastermind type calls and then I heard saw some things on Facebook and I thought, okay, this is my woman. This is the woman for me. So I'm going to get in touch. And I remember going to the consult and the first thing I said was, I don't care what you say, I'm going to be coached by you. <laughs> I want you to be my coach. And you said, okay, hold up now. Wait a minute. Let's stop. Right. Let's talk about this and we'll see if the prescription fits. I'm like, uh huh, uh-huh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't care what you say. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. And so that's how I found you. And I remember saying to Maisie, So I'm going to go and consult with Brig. And she went, Oh, she is your fit. She is your perfect fit. I said, I know. I just need her to know that. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love the idea that there's a coach for everybody. And I know I'm not everybody's perfect fit. And I'm okay with that because my clients who come, a lot of my clients are like you on the console. Like they've already been listening to the podcast. Luckily, like I have a podcast now that people can go to. So they already know like, yeah, I get her. So it's just like us deciding together, like, is this a good fit? So The only downside for me, if it was going to be a downside, which didn't turn out to be a downside, was the fact that you're American. And I was like, oh, okay. Them damn Americans. Tell me why (laughs) that would have been a downside. What do you think? Well, absolutely nothing to do with the time difference because that bit Mm -hmm. can be worked out. Mm -hmm. We worked that out, right? Sometimes we seem to think we have a very different experience of what it is to be a black woman because we're across the pond from one another. Mm, and tell me about that. I mean, it's October now, so we've got Black History Month here in the UK. Okay. And Black History Month is finally going back to being about celebration and watching and seeing thriving Black-bodied people. And I remember watching 
Spike Lee's TV series, she's got to have it, not the film, the TV series. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, she meets this black British guy. Mm-hmm. And honestly, me and Spike Lee would have fallen out if we spoke after that because the whole scene was basically saying how you British blacks don't understand anything about enslavement and what it is to be black and in a white society. It's like, yeah, we do, because we had a lot of those plantations, or the white Brits did. We had our plantations. Most of Britain is built off the back of enslavement and that transatlantic slave trade. And so for me, it was important to find someone that would get and understand the fact that I'm a black-bodied woman and not that I'm a British black-bodied woman. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that that's done is made me really sort of just pause and question why I think the things I think and believe the things that I believe. And recognising, seeing and being in that commonality between us, you know. So that's what that was for me. And also, you didn't have a really fast voice. (laughs) (laughs) I can't cope with the really fast American accents. And I'm not a slow speaker myself. Right, yeah. yeah. The commonality of Black women, because I coach women from Kenya. I have women from France, Paris. Mm -hmm. I have clients, Kenya, France. I have a couple in England. And so our plights are very similar. Mm -hmm. And some of the things when we're coaching on, I'm like the concept of our inferiority or why we overwork or why we try to manage other people's emotions. Those concepts are constant across continents. Yeah. Same shit, different day. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so what was the before though? Like, why did you think you needed a coach or you, why did why you did desire a coach? I don't think you need coaching, but I'm always telling people, I don't think oh, you I need know. coaching. Yeah. But oh, I, know. I might disagree sure. with you there, coach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, but I like looking at coaching as a gift that you give yourself. Like, why are you choosing coaching mm-hmm. for yourself? Because all of the things that we spoke about earlier, I needed a safe container I never wanted to go to therapy because I couldn't work out what therapy was for. I mean, I know what therapy is for, but I couldn't work out what therapy was for. What I love about coaching is the way that it's not about what you, my coach, think. It's about what I think. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you're constantly holding that mirror back up to my brain. So I remember thinking, oh, yeah, a coach will help tell me what I need and And then it's like, okay, so no, that's not quite how this coaching thing works. (laughs) But some people really get frustrated with that too. There's like, no, you're not going to tell me no. And it's so funny when people like, I want accountability. And I'm like, well, I'm not accountability partner. Like you a grown ass woman and I treat you as such. I think that's my gift is I treat you as a highly functioning grown ass woman that can coach yourself and everything. And I'll see you next Mm. week. And a lot of people think like, you don't hold my hand. And I get some people who email me, but it's not that constant emailing. Like, I'm not training you to be codependent on me. I'm actually training you to not need me. I love it when you guys come and you're like, I had this situation and I coached myself through it. It's like, I'm teaching you how to fish. I'm not giving you a fish, right? 
that's so much like the work that I did as a doula and do as a doula educator, which is I always say to my clients, I'm working with you till so you don't need me. You know, I'm walking with you till you get to the place when you realize you don't need to be walking with me anymore. And I think for me, that's why coaching works because I'm a grown ass woman and you treat yeah, me like yes. a grown ass woman and I'm responsible for myself and the things that I do. And that wasn't what I thought I wanted or needed until I realized it was exactly what I want and need. Right. I love the difference in what's the grown ass woman now as opposed to the grown ass woman that you were before we started coaching. Because if I had asked you if you weren't this independent, strong, black bodied woman who is grown, you would have told me, of course I am self sufficient, independent, all of that. What's the difference in those two now? The difference in those two now, again, it just goes back to the feelings. It goes back to the the humanity of me, the grown-ass woman, and the, the realisation that I don't have to be locked into the pattern that society has for me, that I can stride free of those things. But I'm responsible, and I take more responsibility for myself and my thoughts, because it's not about what they did, he did, she did, society did. So the difference is I actually now am a truly independent, strong-ass, grown Black woman. Ooh, yes. Without that strong Black woman trope, which was what I had when we started. I'm holding everything, I'm doing everything, mm-hmm. keeping it to me and these things. And, and now it's like... I'll show you how strong I am. I can release that label. Yes. And I can go into my feelings rather than thinking that it weakens me. They actually strengthen me so that now the title of strong black woman isn't an insult when it comes to me. It's like, damn right I am. Yeah. Because I know how to cry and I know how to hold up. Yeah. It's like, I always say we don't have to be strong to be strong. Mm. Like if you think about buildings that are designed to be like earthquake resistant, they're not this fixed thing that's very rigid, right? They're designed to go with and be adaptable to the movement of the foundation. Yeah. So that strong women mentality that we have, we're like fixed and like, I can't let any emotion come in. I got to be strong and bulletproof. I can't feel an emotion and you can't help me. And like, we're so fixed that we're trying to control the foundation. Yeah. But the foundation always moves. Like that's life. Yeah. But the strong woman is the woman who can flow with the changes of life. Mm. that unexpected thing that came in and not let it rock her fucking world. Or if it does, she meets that with compassion and says, okay, we got to move. Yeah. But it doesn't shatter her. Yeah. And I think that was one of my biggest fears before I started coaching, Mm -hmm. how many ways that I might shatter and how I worked hard to make sure I was shatterproof. Right. Rather than actually being shatterproof. (laughs) So good. It's like strong black women don't even have to say I'm a strong black woman. Like it's just who I am now. Yeah. And actually, I think one of the pivotal things of being strong is being so soft. Right. Mm -hmm. And like 
leaning into the softness of who I am and like creating containers of softness for myself. That's what allows me to be strong. Yeah, it really is. It really is. All right. So before we end, I want to give you an opportunity to like, how to now, because we didn't even talk about the fact that you're writing a book that we've coached on a couple of times. You speak before oh, Parliament. To do on that one. <laughs> <laughs> right? You speak before Parliament. Like you are one of the leading experts on Black and brown-bodied women and their mortality. Like you are the go-to figure for that, right? That is a leadership role. You are a thought leader and a change maker. Yeah. But you're also your own coach. And you have a coaching practice. I am and I do. Right? So like, how has it that you use what we do and transfer it into your coaching practice? Because my firm belief is like, great coaches get coaching. Like I am totally, because I'm a product of coaching. So of course, I totally believe in coaching. I recognize in myself in so many of my clients whilst trying not to be sort of you know as you say I'm not the accountability partner etc but I sometimes I'll coach and it's like the same thing comes up in people and then I'm sat in front of you at a coaching session and I say oh this and then as you speak I go oh my god I've just coached (laughs) four women on this thing and I think what coaching does for me what how it translates in my work and my practice is that one I know the worth of coaching because I feel the change in myself so good but two it gives me that foundation that space to to sort of build go forward but recognizing my clients the times when they need to crumble and their crumbling isn't that I'm not a good coach, but it's that I am a good coach because my coach has taught me how to crumble and recognize that that's okay. That's a fluid process. You crumble, you breathe, you re-solidify, you move on. Something comes, maybe you don't crumble as much, maybe you do. And so I think what I get from my own coaching is in recognizing my own humanity, because we talked about being a human being rather than human Mm -hmm. doing. Mm -hmm. I recognize and am able to show my clients the humanity in themselves. And I just think it's, I don't know how anyone coaches without being coached. And I know that we all have very different ways of doing things, but what's coming out in my practice is this real strong desire to work with Black women on their internalised misogynoir. And the reason that that's coming out is because as we coach together, I start to recognise that in myself. It's like, oh, that's what that is. Right. Even if the client comes and I recognise it in them before I recognise it in me, but recognising it in me means that I can go deeper with them next time because it's like, Okay, this is just human being stuff. Yeah. And please, for those that don't know, explain their internalized misogynoir. Because I don't, I can't say the name, so I don't call it that, but I coach on that all the time. And I like, I can't say the name, but. We live in a society or in societies that tell us that we have no worth. 
Right. One, because we're women. Right. But we know that white-bodied women are way above what we are, according to society. Mm-hmm. So we have no worth or little worth because we're women. And in fact, to be fair, if you look through white feminism, most of that doesn't even accept us as women anyway. Right. So then there's that on top. And so the added layer of being Black. So as women, our worth is less. As Black, we're barely women and our worth is even less. And the internalised misogynoir is when we actually accept these things in ourselves, Mm. when we start to judge our other Black queens according to a white patriarchal society's narrative, and we don't know that we do it until we catch ourselves and we think, why am I thinking bad about that Black woman over there? And if we strip it back and look, it's like oh, that's that thing that we're not allowed to be and we've told isn't beautiful, isn't acceptable, isn't human. And so that's what internalised misogynoir is. Yes. For me anyway. Love it. And I'm always like bringing us back to like, why do you think that? And helping you realize it's because you've been conditioned that way. Like the news, the radio, the magazine, the love songs, like I was listening to a love song the other day and I was just singing it and I was just singing it. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, I am totally going to do a podcast episode or masterclass or email on this. I'm like, wait a minute. Like we don't even understand how much it really is the soup that we swim in. It's like yeah. so internalized that it's like, you've just start finding more and more examples of it. Like, Oh, Right. That tie to I make people feel a certain way. I make people think a certain way and I overwork because of it. Or I'm a good black woman because I do this. Right. Yeah. Or the way we see other black women as our competition. Even though we don't even understand why, like the sisterhood that we all share. But yet that competition, because like, oh, to have a man is something like our value is more the hierarchy of like if you're single something's wrong with you i'm so sick of people asking me like why am i single like because is there something wrong with me like they're trying to figure out like that's misogynoir (laughs) (laughs) that's that shit (laughs) that's that that condition shit that's what i say because i'm like if i had to stop every time and try to pronounce it i would be like you know i just get to be me (laughs) right yeah. All right. So I love working with you and I, I can't wait for our next six months. Yes. Each time, like we just get deeper and we like, you're like, coach, I'm doing this. And I'm living up. I was like, yes, do it, do it, <laughs> do it. Right. So so looking forward to it. Any parting words for anybody, like the value of coaching, especially as black women, because we think of, we think of therapy, but we don't think of coaching but that value why what do you think as black women right now especially why there are these cracks in society at the moment that are causing this white patriarchal society to see us Mm -hmm. and we need to be ready to be seen so good right yeah i like think like this is our time and our value is our mind. Yeah. It's our mind, the way we 
think about things is our number one asset. Yeah. But we have to create safety within ourselves to be able to step through those open doors. Absolutely. And sustain ourselves while we're there. I agree. I agree. All right. Yeah, it's an exciting time for us. Let's just grab it and go. Totally. And it's like environmentally, I think we are so destined to be badass. So we've had to do all the shit. So the knowledge and the skills that we have because of the environment that we lived in, we're so suited to like lead, take over, Mm -hmm. do the shit, collaborate, all of it. Yes. (laughs) And there's like the world is starting to see that. It's like, oh, the fog is lifted. (laughs) I was like, oh, hello. We've been here (laughs) all along. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good of you all to catch up. (laughs) Yeah. Catch up. I'm like, literally, like you didn't know, like you didn't see, like we've been here all along. All of a sudden you're like, she's brilliant. Duh. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. All right. Love it. Thank you so much. (laughs) Bye guys. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Get in contact with Mars. Mars, how can they get in contact with you? So marslord.co.uk people, UK marslord.co.uk and you can find me on twitter and instagram at underscore marslord so mars like the planet lord like lord and lady and she was actually named one of the top black coaches to follow on instagram like i was zooming through and i was like yes (laughs) there was nothing more exciting then not seeing my name is by seeing one of my clients' names. I was like, yes! You're the one who alerted me to I it. I did. I was like, Mars, look! And I'm like, I am so like... <laughs> Elania and Lisa Nichols on the same list. I'm like, thank you very much. I'm taking that. I'm just, mm-hmm, love that. <laughs> right? I was like, yeah. And I think it was one of those times where we were like coaching on it's not working. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's totally working. Yes. Absolutely. Your brain is just fucking with you as always. As always. And as my coach is just holding up the mirror and saying, can you see that? Can you see that? I'm like, no, no. Oh, don't make me look. Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Talk to you guys next week. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, and want to take thought work even deeper with me as your guide. Opportunities to work with me one-on-one are available. Go to brigjohnson.com to schedule your own personal breakthrough call. In 30 minutes, we'll see if working together is a great fit. brigjohnson.com, B-R-I-G-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. See you next time.